Dad, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, we have a bunch of things we want to cover today. Uh, Hope you all had a nice weekend. I certainly did. Wrestling season has really come, come, come alive this past weekend. I was able to go to Philadelphia and watch Iowa and Penn go at it. And uh, at a wrestling match, and it was at the Palestra. It was really, really great. Had a great time in Philly. And uh, uh, also, Penn State wrestled Lehigh. It's a classic matchup. And that, too, was a really great, great uh, uh, event. And uh, everybody knows who listens to this show that I'm a wrestling fan, so... Um, but uh, it was a good time this weekend. And uh, anyway, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff happened over, you know on Friday that I wanted to talk about today. And and that that is like this George Santos thing. You know, I mean, I played Matt Gates talking about George Santos, but you know, when you compare like George Santos with Bob Menendez, Menendez or Ilhan Omar. It's, you know, I mean, I'm not vouching for George Santos, but why do the Republicans, you know, crucify themselves in such a way when almost every politician that's there lies about who they are? I mean... No one is who they say they are anymore. You know, it's unfortunate. I guarantee you, if you met me, I would be very much the same as I am on the radio as I am in real life. And so I don't understand the split personality thing, but, you know, like uh, one's for show and one's for... I I don't get that. But it happens a lot in in, in politics, I, I think. For what reason, I I have no idea. I think that's why people love Trump so much is 
the authenticity. I think that what Trump is behind closed doors is exactly what Trump is in front of the mic, in front of the camera. And I think that's the appeal. Honesty, you know, authenticity, right? But in any case, um, we're we're constantly uh, navigating the, uh, you know, the, the pack of lies that, that permeates through Washington at all times. The hypocrisies. But the Republicans, they have a guy that votes 96% of the time with the conservative uh, American first agenda. And they want to get rid of him. Doesn't, doesn't seem to me like... A, Especially when you have Ilhan Omar sleeping with a brother or, uh, Il, you know, doing all kinds of illegal stuff. If you look at what Ocasio-Cortez and her pack of lies, I mean, talking with a fake accent, uh, staging a fake photograph uh, in, in front of a fence, trying to, you know, attack Trump on every corner. Um. It pales in comparison to to the Santos guy. But they voted him out. And I say, okay, well, if that's the standard, then vote everybody else out too that, that's guilty of that same thing. And I wish they would, but they won't. They never do. So Bob Menendez accepted Egyptian bribes not expelled. Adam Schiff lied to Congress and us. He was not expelled. Rashid Tlaib calls for jihad. Not expelled. Jamal Williams commits a federal crime and he's not expelled. Nancy Pelosi gets rich off of insider trading and she's not expelled. Eric Swalwell sleeps with a Chinese spy. Not expelled. George Sandoz gets Botox uses OnlyFans, <laughs> and he's expelled. Yeah. What can you say? All right, we have the EU chief, Ursula von der Leyen. Why are these tyranny, tyranny, why are the people that are so into tyranny always like German and Austrian? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it must be in their DNA, right? They just they just can't leave your freedom to yourself. Like the, you, you. They don't trust you enough to live your own life to the fullest. EU Chief Ursula Ursula von der Leyen. The message is very clear: if you are polluting, you must pay a price, and you're going to pay a hefty price. She is all on taxing and compliance and control. We all know if we want to keep global warming below the tipping point of 1.5 degrees, we need to cut global emissions. And there's a way to cut emissions while fostering innovation and growth. Put a price on carbon. It is a market-driven instrument, and the message is very clear. You're polluting, you must pay a price. You want to avoid the payment, well, then innovate and decarbonize. 
carbon pricing nudges the private sector towards innovation, it makes heavy polluters pay a fair price, and the revenues can be reinvested in the fight against climate change, in innovation, and in a just transition. This is not only one of the most powerful tools in our hands, it is also one of the most trusted and the most tested. We are Who elected and made her boss? Number one. Does she represent the people at all? The reason why that statement is so powerful, she flew in on a private jet to COP28. And she makes this statement. And she's basically pushing the global uh, climate agenda. Global, globalism, the climate climate scam, it's just a scam. It's, it's completely a scam. It is so much a scam. There is nothing real about climate change. Nothing real about climate. Nothing. And she's pushing this. And you're going to have ESG, environmental social governance. They're pushing DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, to control everything you do. They're not cracking down with China because what they're doing is they're being bought off by BlackRock BlackRock is paying them to push climate. Why? Because they're mandating that all manufacturing be done out of China. And China will be the pollutant of the world, but they have the cheap labor. They have the 1.5 million billion people, 1.5 billion America is 330 million. And they have this slave labor camp, like the Uyghurs. And they can get things done on the cheap. All they got to do is crack the whip, pay people 20 bucks a day instead of $20 an hour, like our soy boy latte drinking uh, tranny LGBTQ college left wingers that don't want to get their hands dirty. They'll never work for $20 a day. They'll barely work for $20 an hour. So the 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 rich elites that get rich off of the BlackRock dollars, and by BlackRock I mean all the companies that BlackRock controls, the multinational corporations, the glo- the super global corporate monopolies, the Bud Lights of the world, the Netflixes of the world, the Disneys of the world. And you see this constant struggle now about advertising and Twitter and a whole bunch of other things that are going on. There was a fight, and now the fight, the battles are going in the advertising sector. Because, you know, we're starting to win the we're starting to enlighten people enough to where it's like, okay, 
their ad dollars are controlling the mouths and what people say. And some of these people, like um, Dana White, over the weekend was just asked, do you uh, subscribe to Elon Musk? And he's like, yeah, you're damn right. You know, he was cursing a lot. And Dana White was basically saying the same thing. He's like, that's not the way we're going to do it. You know, you want to advertise with the UFC. And, and X and Twitter, you know, ought to say the same thing, right? They are saying, saying the same thing. And what they're saying is, they're saying, you can't, you can't bribe me. What, you're not going to advertise with me if I don't say the right things? If I don't dance? If I don't dance, dance for you? You want me to dance. That's what you want me to do. You want me to dance and 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 play ball, and and then you'll I'll get your money. So you're controlling me, not me controlling you. It's like how about this? How about we just hit the reset button? I have a publishing pro- company, and you want to get my audience. How about that? You want to promote your goods to my audience. How about that? Is that good? You know I have a big audience. And wouldn't you like to promote your goods to my audience? Let's keep politics out of it. Politics is what Twitter does best. So you either want to be in, either you in or you out. And at some point... um, let the chips fall, fall where they may. We're all big boys here. We all know there's two sides to every debate, argument, two sides of the coin. We're all adults here. We can take it. So why don't you just put your big boy pants on and advertise? And I think that that's what Elon Musk and... And Dana White are basically suggesting, both of which I think would vote for Trump now, and both of which I think may have voted for Biden at one point. You know, that's what's happening with the left is even people like Bill Maher are waking up to the idea that maybe Trump was right. <clears throat> this Joe Biden thing's not working out too well. Just saying. But when you listen to this woman talking about um, carbon and taxes and paying the price, that's the only way that green works. That's the only way that electric vehicles work is if you subsidize the heck out of them. The automatic manufacturers are losing everything because they're being forced to meet this 2030 goal. And they can't make the car. The cars are sitting on the shelf forever. They're not being bought. You got a Ford truck that costs $80,000. It's electric. But the problem is there's no infrastructure. They can't compete on their own. So they have to force you. They have to coerce you with a gun to your head. If you don't do what we tell you to do, we're going to tax you to oblivion. Either way, the state's going to win. You either pay me now or you pay me later. I mean, it's absolute like 
an assault on freedom. If you think about what they're doing, we're going to tax and make it painful for you. They did it with COVID. They said, if you don't get the vaccine, well, then you're not going to be able to go out and you're not going to be able to live your life and you're not going to be able to be part of society. I heard Justin Trudeau say that. And we're supposed to support these people in the West, the G7 nations. They're the good guys. No, they're not. They suck. I can't stand them. I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe I'm saying it because I always thought that the West was right growing up as a young adult. The West is the way. And now I'm realizing how naive I was. How naive. Again, you listen to this and it's it's absolutely critical like she flew in on a private jet you know there's these photographs of these private planes in europe in munich frozen on the tarmac and these and in england where they're trying to get off the ground and fly their private jets to cop 28 which they and they can't get there because their planes are frozen. But when they do, even even the United States has a private uh, an envoy that went there, and it, they're frozen. And and they're flying private jets, private jets to a climate summit. The hypocrisy. We want to keep global warming below the tipping point of 1.5 degree. We need to cut global emissions. And there's a way to cut emissions while fostering innovation and growth. Put a price on carbon. It is a market-driven instrument. And the message is very clear. You're polluting. You must pay a price. You want to avoid the payment? Well, then innovate and decarbonize. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Avoid the payment. Then you you must go in our direction. You must do what we tell you to do, or we will punish you. You know, how's that different than Hitler? Caller, you're on the air. More Scott. Um, this this whole thing is is really kind of retarded. <laughs> I mean, okay, carbon dioxide is a pollutant and it's killing the earth. But if you're going to pollute, then you pay. Okay. So how does that... I I don't understand. You tell me you're the caller. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like with cigarettes. Cigarettes are terrible. I want to get rid of them. wish nobody would smoke. But we'll just go ahead and keep smoking and we'll tax it. And we'll give that money to the schools. Well, that money's not going to the schools. Uh, so then if you stop smoking, does that mean you hate children? <laughs> so if yeah. you're paying your carbon tax and you lower your carbon emissions, does that mean you hate the rest of the world? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I saw a picture in Japan where they took the entire mountain cap 
and plowed off all the trees and put solar panels on it. And, yeah. and, and I thought, <laughs> the trees are good, right? Why cut the trees down to make space for solar panels? I mean, if, if anything yeah. you're going to do, you put the solar panels like in the desert somewhere, you know, where sand. But, I can't understand what the, the mentality of the people that call themselves our leaders. Uh, I, I mean, what is it? Is it? Are they captured? Are they? Do they really believe this stuff, or what? It's I, maddening. I, I'm, I'm perplexed. I mean, <laughs> you know, like take a listen to this. All right, uh, let me ask you something. Can you, when I play this, can you hear it? Let's listen. Yeah, but if you could answer my question, if- can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear it. Okay. Yeah. So listen to this with me. All right. All right. We spend $50 trillion to become carbon neutral in the United States of America in 2050. (laughs) You're the Deputy Secretary of Energy. Give me your estimate of how much that is going to reduce world temperatures. So so first of all, it's a net cost. Um, It's what uh, benefits we're having from getting our act together and reducing all of those climate benefits. We're seeing. Let me ask again. Maybe I'm being. Maybe I'm not being clear. If we spent $50 trillion to become carbon neutral by 2050 in the United States of America, how, how much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This is a global problem. So we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, countries. is it going to reduce so world we're temperatures? So we're 13% of global emissions. You don't right know, now. do you? You don't know, do you? You can do the math. We need to. You don't know, do you, Mr. Secretary? So we're 13% of if global emissions. If you know, emissions. why won't if you we tell went, me? If we went to zero, that would be 13%. You don't know, do you? You just want us to spend $50 trillion, <laughs> and you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. Now, I'm all for carbon neutrality, but you're the deputy secretary of the Department of Energy, <laughs> and you're advocating we spend trillions of dollars to seek carbon neutrality, and you can't, and this isn't your money, he my can't. money, it's taxpayer money, he won't. and you can't tell me how much it's going to lower world temperatures? Nope. There, or you won't tell no, me? Sir. No, sir. but you won't? Uh-uh. In my heart of hearts, there is no way the world gets its act together on climate change unless the U.S. leads. Tell oh, me. yeah, and China has nothing to do with it, right? <laughs> yeah, we got to do it first. <laughs> oh, man, they're so full of it, it's not even funny. <laughs> Why can't we just why can't we just lead by lead from behind like Obama did? Why can't we just stop paying our taxes? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, why are we know, paying fifty know. trillion dollars for that? <laughs> and you ask these people the most simple questions and they just they can't answer it. And yeah. It's always an obfuscation and a, a blame on well it's it's not us, it's you know it's the rest of the world and <sighs> It's maddening. Okay. I'll yeah. let you go. All right. Take care. Bye, Scott. Bye. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm telling you, we're it's a ruse. We are really, really in trouble. We have we have we have so much corruption in our government it's not even funny. I mean, people say one thing about election fraud and then they say another. You know, Kamala Harris and and uh, others were saying that these vote by mail and mailing machines were corrupt. And now all of a sudden they support them because it, they are rigged to favor them. You know, it's it's, it's crazy.
You take a listen to this guy, Gutierrez, right? Pushing this climate nonsense. It's all about control. Just days ago, I was on the melting ice of Antarctica. Not long before, I was among the melting glaciers of Nepal. These two spots are far in distance, but united in crisis. Polar ice and glaciers are vanishing before our eyes, causing a walk the world over, from landslides and floods to rising seas. But this is just one symptom of the sickness bringing our climate to its knees. A sickness only you, global leaders, can cure. It's all a lie, okay? Temperature is cyclical. And carbon emissions is aligned with temperature and follows temperature by centuries. Meaning, when temperatures are higher during a period in time, carbon emissions go higher hundreds of years later. And then uh, when temperatures... uh, and, And every time there's been high temperatures and high carbon, there's been an ice age, like a freezing, a cold spell, if you will. And so, you know, things get colder. And that's been uh, at least five of those they have on record, where there's been high temperatures, followed by cold temperatures, and then followed by high temperatures. It's, it's, it's such a scam. It's not even funny. I don't know how people don't get this. They don't see what ESG is totally all about. Well, we want to talk about Bidenomics a little bit. And I have this guy, uh, Peter uh, Stonge. He's a doctor of economics. And he had something to say about Biden inflation. Let's take a listen. A few days ago, Joe Biden's handlers, frustrated that the American people are not buying their propaganda on the economy, went on the attack, writing, quote, let me be clear to any corporation that hasn't brought their prices back down, even as inflation has come down, it's time to stop the price gouging. Give American consumers a break. Now, the tweet got almost as many comments as likes, known in the industry as a ratio, and basically means the world is laughing at you, which Joe Biden is used to. Of course, this isn't Joe Biden writing. After all, it's a coherent sentence with punctuation and capitalization. It's got everything. A surefire tell that this is his handlers talking. So digging in, inflation actually never went away. There are no prices to come down. It's not like prices went up 20% and then came back down. No, all we have today is a slower pace of additional inflation. That 20% odd inflation that's already occurred under Biden, those are official numbers, Those are here forever. They are not transitory. They are permanent. And we know this because since 1955, we've had precisely one year of deflation, which was 2008, and that was gobbled right up with the following inflation. So if something cost $100 pre-pandemic, and now it's $120, given the current inflation rate, next year it'll be $125. Nothing is coming down, ever. Now, true... That is better than it used to be before the recession came into view and trimmed 
the inflation rate, but nothing's coming down. Those new prices are here to stay. In fact, they are compounding at the new rate at one of the worst inflation rates since the 1970s. That's right now. Beyond failing Econ 101, which one would hope somebody in the White House grasps, this matters because elite journalists and Paul Krugman keep expressing befuddlement how Americans are still so upset about inflation, even though it's not as fast as last year. In fact, Americans are more than upset. Inflation is currently the top issue for voters, about 39%, which scores four times higher than any other political issue. So what's next? Brought to you by Unchained. The problem here is beyond the economic illiteracy, Biden's handlers are going down a disturbing hole going after price gouging. That's a strategy that could make our current crisis much worse. To illustrate, take groceries. Grocery stores make precisely 2.2 cents on the dollar. So it costs them 98 cents to sell a dollar in groceries. Meanwhile, inflation is currently over 3%, meaning those 98 cents will cost 101 cents next year. So the only way they can, quote, bring their prices down, as Biden demands and may start requiring, is to literally run at a loss. They would wake up in the morning, work all day, and lose money until they go out of business. We've <laughs> actually been here before on this kind of intervention. Nixon attacked price gouging in the 70s, leading to shortages and mile-long gas lines. FDR went there on steroids in the 30s, in the process turning a boring stock market crash into the longest crisis in American history. It is one thing for government to screw up. That's what we're used to. They do it all the time. But when they start with the price gouging talk, it is a sign that they are going from incompetence to predator. If it keeps up, we could be headed back not to the 1970s, but to the Depression. Okay, we'll be watching. Yeah. Uh, I watch watch a a bunch of YouTubes, and uh, one of them is the auto crisis. Uh, The auto... auto, um, you know, the auto industry, um, not for any particular reason. I just think it's a good gauge. I'm not into cars or anything like that, but, um, but it's, it's, an, it's, it's an important gauge. One of the things I think is going to be huge in the auto market is Amazon selling cars. They've already struck a deal with Hyundai and it's going to be a game changer in our world for how you buy a car. But uh, in any case, the auto market is is really in trouble right now. And the housing market, again, I, I don't think the bottom is going to happen in 2024 now. I think that's been extended through a lot of stimulation and a lot of socialism and a lot of in, ca- printing of money. But... I definitely think that there's going to be a decline in housing prices based on supply. I mean, there's going to be a liquidation of commercialized properties being sold, you know, like um, Blackstone and and companies like that that bought up, have a huge portfolio of home, uh, real estate, are, are going to release them. There's going to be a lot of panic and people who want to get out before it gets bad because they're going to see a downward trend. They're going to want to sell their house while they still can. And that's going to be put on the market. And you're going to see a lot more supply with still flat demand because of the high interest rates. Now, the people that are still like happy that they locked in 
at 3% or thereabouts uh, are going to stay put. Um, and at some point, though, they're going to be prisoners to that until they, they decide they have to sell and, and relieve themselves of their situation for one reason or another, especially if somebody loses a job because the job market is going to go south in 2024 uh, to 2025. I think the job market's going down. I think that the uh, housing market is going down and the auto market is going down. And that's going to spell big trouble for GDP. Uh, That's going to spell big trouble for a lot of things, but it will probably have a positive impact on inflation where prices will start to drop as demand descends. People are going to be out of it. But the banking industry is 50,000 jobs are being released. Like people are getting laid off left and right. And no one's talking about it. But there's about 50,000 jobs in the last couple of months that that have been relieved of their duties um, in the banking industry. All right, let's take a listen to this. Here is the straightforward facts. $15 million flow dollars flowed to the Biden family from countries like Russia and China. 22 times President Biden talked to his son's business associates. 16 times President Biden lied about it to the American people. And we have checks made out to President Biden directly now. So says the new Speaker of the House. Let's take a listen. The facts are so uh, clear for everyone to see. Just a couple of numbers to remember, just real quick off the top. $15 million. We know that the Biden family received at least $15 million from foreign nationals and foreign companies. That includes from Ukraine, Russia, China, just between 2014 and 2019. Uh, Sixteen times, at least on the record, Joe Biden has lied about his involvement in the family's uh, business dealings, Hunter Biden's business dealings. We know 22 times, at least 22 times, the president met with or talked with Hunter's foreign business associates. And we have checks. We have we have checks written to Joe Biden that the Oversight Committee has found in the banking records, $40,000 from China, $200,000 from a now bankrupt health care company that his brother James Biden apparently swindled. But the evidence is so clear you cannot look away. And the Constitution requires the House to follow the truth where it leads. We, we, we have a duty to do this. We cannot stop the process. The facts are so uh, clear for everyone to see. Just to- yep, that, that is true. All of that is true. And I think that the Speaker of the House is going to be a huge thorn in the side of the Bidens. So new uh, private jets getting ready to leave for a climate change conference in Dubai are frozen on the runway in Munich at 60% of Europe as as 60% of Europe is covered in snow. Climate change what? Climate Global warming? What? I don't get it. Why are the planes frozen in the snow? Let me say that again. Rich people getting ready to board their gas, guzzling jets, to fly to a climate change formerly known as global warming conference can't leave because their planes are covered 
in freezing snow. Get it? <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. All right, so this is... um. Turns out that MAGA... The, the, there's a... They're getting new photos from J6 where this MAGA hat dude breaking Capitol windows on J6 and injuring cops with pepper spray is an Antifa-like... Is, is Antifa. And he dressed up like a Trumper. And they had, they found this out. Uh, I don't know the guy's name, but it says Trumpers were right. Capital breachers were infiltrators posing as Trumpers. He voted for Obama twice. Okay, so this was in the, you know, Business Insider. A Florida man supported Obama and didn't vote for Trump. Then he stormed the Capitol, pepper sprayed, pepper sprayed, sprayed cops, broke $3,000 windows, and got four and a half years in prison. Okay. His name is Mitchell Todd Gardner II, 34-year-old of Sefner, Florida. Was sentenced to 55 months. But why were they doing that? You know what I mean? See, I knew a lot of people that were there that day. They didn't know this was happening. The J6 thing was such a, such a scam. The FBI was infiltrating that. They knew what was going on. They knew Antifa was going to do their dirty work. They got this video of this shoplifter just taking all the greeting cards off the shelves, filling garbage bags full of it, and walking out. People are getting so sick and tired of this. They don't even want to go out and shop anymore because they feel like doofus. It's like, why am I shopping when other people are just walking in the store, stealing it, and walking away? Why, why am I the sucker that's going to go and stand in line to pay for stuff that other people could just walk in? If you're a person of color, you could just walk in, fill a garbage bag full of stuff, and leave. Why am I going to be the chump that goes in, picks something off the shelf, stands in line, pays, and leaves like a, like a civilized human being? So people are buying online. They don't even want to be any part of that. Especially, you know, like um, you go to a certain place and, and, and uh, it's all under lock and key, right? Everything's under a lock. It, and it's sort of like, oh, okay, I guess because I'm the customer, but by this being under lock, it makes me feel like I'm a, a Neanderthal, a, a moron, like someone who can't help but steal. So I got to be controlled. That was the one problem I had with, uh, I was at, in Philadelphia at this wrestling event, Iowa versus Penn at the Palestra. And over the announcement, they said, they gave this thing about hate speech or hate, you know, um, like we're all the, like like we have to be told how to behave at an event. It, it just didn't make much sense to me. 
Got another meme where you got these Palestinians with a chihuahua. And they basically have a uh, zip tie around his neck. And they're hanging it. And they're stepping on it. Because it had a uh, Israeli flag. Or they put the Israeli flag on it. And they basically beat the dog to death. I mean, how do you like that? Ilhan Omar, you know, Rashida Tlaib, all these morons in Congress support Hamas. It's insane. Palestinian supporters step on a puppy wrapped in Israeli flag. They also attached a zip tie and string around the young puppy's neck to the Palestinian flag as they smile and laugh. They're sick. It's just sick. All right. And we got now comes the part where you pay for the interest on the national debt, ballooning higher than our total GDP. So IRS increases penalty for tax underpayments to 8%. So you're going to pay the price for our government being so irresponsible and moronic. Well, Dems, you knew this day was coming. You only uh, crap on people for so long before they finally figure you out. And you know you've been taking a giant crap, it says, on the minority population for decades. You hide it behind smiles and promises that you never intended to keep. So give this a watch and see just how fed up the people are of your BS. Okay, so this is from this uh, tweet called Salty Goat. And um, it's kind of interesting because it's these, you know, real authentic street dudes. And they're flipping on the Democrat Party and they're voting for Trump. Let's take a listen. Did you say that your life was better off under Trump or Biden? I ain't gonna lie. Trump, my mother dog. Suck my Biden, you bitch. <laughs> if Joe Biden was here right now, what would you tell him? Tell him to get out of office, man. He's shit up. He's old. He's falling off of bikes and So, <laughs> give it up. <laughs> I tell him. Let Trump back in office. Yeah, he did better for the black culture. Trump 2024. Your honest reaction to Trump's mugshot. I think it's really a good thing for the black community because when you look at it, the Democrats really kind of force the crime community on black people, bringing rappers to the White House, etc. And every time a mugshot come out of those said rappers, their album goes crazy. Now that Trump is no longer a stranger to the culture, he's a part of it, it's going to backfire. It's the worst thing they could have ever done and the best thing that we could have ever gotten. Trump 2024. Would you say Do you say that you're lying? That's, that's some really good analysis, actually, when you think about what he just said. Trump is part of the culture. It's the worst thing they ever could have done. I agree 100% with what that guy said. So where are the Republicans who stood on principle to slash their slim majority on this? Judge Ergeron's spouse deleted her ex-accounts, Twitter accounts, to hide the barrage of anti-Trump posts. She's been blasting away while Trump roasts over open flames. 
tangible and overwhelming bias. Just in. So Dawn Marie Engeron, the wife of Judge Arthur Engeron, appears to have deleted her ex-account following massive expo- expo- exposure from independent journalists. The action took place following a higher court ruling to reinstate Trump's uh, reinstate Trump's gag order imposed by Judge Erdogan. So she's a real piece of work, right? His wife. They're radical lefties, you know. They hate America. And they think they're the smartest people in the room. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, here, uh, I guess she said... The only racists are the white are you white male politicians and those who vote for you. That's what she said. <laughs> it's crazy that that you would be married to a person that stupid and that that moronic. It's insane. Well, <clears throat> here's something. Why is the dollar going down? Everything starts with U.S. yields. When yield or coupon income or carry goes down, the dollar is less attractive. When yield or coupon income goes up, the dollar is more attractive. So why is the yen now strengthening against the dollar? Following uh, following the, this uh, line, everything starts with U.S. yields falling. All right. So why is the why is gold rallying? Because the dollar is weakening. Okay. And U.S. yields have not always been like this correlated to the dollar index. The yen and gold. But since the Fed started hiking in March 2022, which is when all the charts above began, it has been. Uh, Or since March 2022... The U.S. 10-year yield has been the center of the universe. So I guess what they're talking about is the the artificial manipulation from the Fed is having a huge negative impact on the value of the dollar, which it's not supposed to. It's supposed to increase the value of the dollar. But because we did so much overspending, I mean, we're $33 trillion in debt, that's a lot of spending. That's liquidation of cash. These stupid wars are having a huge economic impact negatively on the value of the dollar because we're inflating the global market with dollars. And we're becoming junk money. And there's a new currency that's going to be coming forward and taking the place of a dollar. So when market commentators talk about the yields falling, stock rallying, the dollar weakening, the yen strengthening, gold soaring, I would argue they said the same thing five times. It is all about U.S. yields is what this guy is saying. Interesting. That's interesting. All right. So infuriating. In 2022, Biden's Department of Veterans Affairs processed 161,000 claims for medical and dental care for illegal migrants 
while slow walking claims on the veterans who are desperate for care. VA dollars are going to illegals. How do you like that? That that that's terrible. All right, let's take a listen to this emergency uh, video from Liz Gunn about the situation in New Zealand. They are arresting the person who wants data transparency. So this is all too common, all right? This is a situation where whistleblowers are being punished for telling the truth about the government lies on COVID or climate or any of these things. All around the world from New Zealand. Today is Sunday, the 3rd of December, 2023. I'm out in the car that we have. I have had a call to say that the whistleblower who has put out the crucial information exposing the COVID lies, exposing the information that he had working for the Ministry of Health in New Zealand, has had his house surrounded by police at 2.15 today. It has been swarming with police. The time now is almost five o'clock. I have not gone public yet because I wanted not to inflame the situation, but why are the police there still? And this I heard 10 minutes ago, as well as that 10 minutes ago, the second person who backs up that whistleblower and one of the people who contacted me along with the whistleblower has had her house now surrounded by police. So those two people are no longer available to talk to us and I must put this message out to the world. I would remind the new New Zealand government under Luxon that you must get out the truths and show you are different from the tyrannical Ardern government. This is a massive challenge for you. This is where you show New Zealand what kind of a government you will be. And particularly you, Winston Peters. Winston, I came round to your house on the eve of putting the information out. I reached you by phone on message. I said, I have something very important to offer you. You got into government promising New Zealanders that you would stand up for what we call the freedom truth-telling movement, that you would put out a full COVID inquiry. The whistleblower tried to reach you as well. I gave him your number and he said that he would give you all the information. We were both willing to give you the first drop and make you the hero politician of the world. We are still willing to do that, but I am calling on you, Winston. I am calling on you. Help these people. Make sure Luxon calls off the police. Make sure they are freed immediately. Make sure that this whistleblower is honored as a New Zealand hero for telling the people of the world the truth. The eyes of the world are upon New Zealand, Winston Peters. Not only that, on a personal note, Winston, you know, as I do, my father in the 80s stood by you when no one would listen to you when you wanted to get the wine box information out. That involved a whistleblower. It was my father who advised Peter Williams to also stand next to you. And it was they who said to the the braying press, wanting your blood, Winston should be honoured for putting this story out. Well, here it is, karmically. Now I call on you to return that favour that my father did for you. 
And beyond that, Winston, I did an incredible interview for you at the beginning of the election campaign that helped you get into government. There is no doubt about that. I am asking you, Winston, show that you really meant what you said when you stood in this election and got all those freedom votes. Beyond that, New Zealand and the world, you must send messages to this new government under Christopher Luxon, care of the New Zealand Parliament in Wellington, around the world, demanding that the whistleblowers be freed, and me too, if they come for me. This is absolute tyranny. There are two things at play here. Yes, the Ministry of Health data is important to protect the privacy, but there is a greater importance. The greater importance is if a government is shown to be criminal, then it is absolutely essential that the people of that country find a way to expose that criminality. And that is what I have done here as a reporter, as a journalist. That is a journalist's role, and that is what the whistleblowers have done. That is what whistleblowing is about. This is major criminality on a level of Watergate. It's also major truth-telling, showing the world what has been done in terms of murder around the world. You either stand by these whistleblowers or you are going to see this sort of tyranny come to your home, your door, in future years. And if not you, the doors of your children. We will all be prisoners in future years if the world does not stand by and with and stand up for these whistleblowers. Help New Zealand. We are in dire straits if this new government perpetrates the tyranny and brutality of Jacinda Ardern's ghastly government. This is the challenge. This is when it really counts. Please help. Contact Winston Peters, care of the New Zealand Parliament. Demand that he stands up as well. It is crucial. It is crucial that they are freed. Well, that rings so true with what is happening around the world. And Jacinda Dern, who ran New Zealand into the ground, was this monster of a woman that uh, was pushing the COVID uh, you know, agenda to the hilt. She's a Klaus Schwab uh, protege. Um, she's now in charge of climate around the world. And um, again, New Zealand uh, was in the hands of globalism and corrupt. They have new leadership now. And whistleblowers are blowing the doors off of what was going on under the Jacinda Ardern regime. And they're being arrested now. Sound familiar? Anyway, be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies. Make a donation if you can to keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free. And also use Red State over at MyPillar.com. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye.